Okay, Matthew 28, verse 16. Now, the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you to the end of the age. So Jesus calls uh, his disciples in the first century, go to uh, the whole world and make disciples. And his disciples are still listening. And about 12, well, probably 13 years ago, um, the Nichols family, who lives in the parsonage right here, <laughs> heard the call of God uh, to go to Tanzania to work with an organization called Rafiki. Um, they literally built a village and um, trained up teachers. And they're going to tell you more about what they, they did. Um, so if, if in 30 minutes you could tell us what you did the last 12 year, years of your life, that would be great. <laughs> uh, the first picture you're going to see is about 12 years ago, Valleybrook gathering around the Nichols family, praying for them uh, as they followed that call to go to Tanzania. Um, and you're going to see... Um, Lydia and Audrey, little squirts when they left, and they, they look at them now. <laughs> um, I don't know, Audrey, or, or uh, Lydia, if you remember, but you used to come to church every Sunday and tell me a joke. Remember that? So little eight-year-old would say, Pastor Brian, I have a joke, and I, I still remember your best joke. I'm going to tell it, okay? She said, uh, Pastor Brian, this week I crossed the road... I changed a light bulb, and I walked into a bar. My life's becoming a joke. <laughs> and that's really funny coming from an eight-year-old. <laughs> All right, Phil and Sarah, come and share what the Lord has done with you and through you over the last 12 years. Thank you, Pastor Brian, and of course, thank you all who have supported us with your prayers and encouragement and financially over these many years. As Brian said, we were missionaries uh, from 2010 till February of this year, 2022, almost 12 years in Tanzania underneath the Rafiki Foundation. We worked with widows and orphans and disciple-making through Christian education and development of staff. I was, my position there was the director, uh, construction manager, financial manager at times, agricultural manager, and facilities manager. Sarah headed up the widows program and did, was deeply involved in teacher training as well as child care program director at times. Some people may want to know how did we end up as missionaries, you know, a couple, a farm couple. We are now farmers, we were farmers before we went, but how did we turn into missionaries? 
Uh, Sarah and I were involved with Bible Study Fellowship, and Rafiki is an or, as a ministry that grew out of Bible Study Fellowship. And in uh, around the year 2000, at our respective uh, men's and women's Bible study classes, they were presenting the work of Rafiki and the need for orphan care and Christian education in Africa and the work that Rafiki was doing. We became interested, and then it became apparent to each other that each of us was interested. And we pushed on that door about 2009, and uh, God opened the door, and we spent a year uh, raising funds. And in 2010, uh, May 2nd, we flew away to Tanzania. Um, so let me start with some pictures. And as Brian said, oh, this is the uh, this is our going away at Valley Brook, and it was very. It was very touching. And this is Audrey on the flight over. And Audrey, stand up so everybody can see the difference. <laughs> so she's grown up a bit, but it was, uh, I, I found this picture quite touching. This is us on our way. And we landed in Kilimanjaro International Airport on May 3rd, 2010. And this is in East Africa in the country of Tanzania, in northern Tanzania, just south of Mount Kilimanjaro. And oftentimes they say a picture is worth a thousand words. And I'm going to share some pictures of the village and try to give you kind of a bird's eye perspective and show you some pictures just to give you a scope and some context for where the work under, uh, was undertaken. Uh, it's on a 50-acre campus. And if I can just point out, I'll, I'll point out what the building's in. But this is our campus here. It goes back here. This is reception administration, our high school building, high school gymnasium, high school music, high school art, teacher training building, high school biology, chemistry, and physics lab, uh, new high school sports court, primary sports court, primary school building, primary school building, dining hall, laundry facility, preschool. This is the cottage area where our residential orphans live. This is our, our mini missionaries building or housing. So if you want to go as a mini missionary with Rafiki, you can stay there. Primary school music, primary school art, athletic director office, facilities manager office, our house, facilities uh, maintenance area, other staff housing, and our of agricultural area where we grow corn and, and beans and then our garden area, banana project, fruit project, chicken project, and this water tower right there. So just think about being on top of this water tower and looking this way, looking this way, and looking this way. And then finally I'll show some pictures from the, the um, science buildings this way and the uh, gate area this way. This is our entrance to the facility. So that's our water tower, and on top of the water tower, oops, this is me looking west where you can see our corn. Looking north, and if it wasn't cloudy, you could see Mount Kilimanjaro. You can see some gardens, and then to the left side, you can see some of the uh, cottages where the residential area is for the kids. This is our house, preschool, our car, dining hall, primary school, 
secondary school gymnasium again this is the art and music building for primary up over here teacher training and I don't think in this picture the science labs had been built yet this is from our entrance area this is the high school building again the entrance area where you can see the high school this is the music building main drive uh, teacher training and then this is the physics lab this is from the ad, the reception administration building looking toward the science buildings and the teacher training and this is our sports or our, our uh, soccer field soccer game and play there science buildings and then turning around from the science buildings this is the gate and the administration reception building and of course this is Mount Kilimanjaro looking out the back of our house and it's often hidden in clouds but it's it's an absolute beautiful place to live would you say so girls So this picture here, I'll spend a little time uh, looking at this picture. We went through and hopefully that gave you a perspective of the scope of the, of the village and where the work is undertaken. Um, this is a recent picture of a Rafiki school and village prayer morning. And I can take this picture and talk about some groups or some of the, the programs or the work that we did and the work that basically God is doing through the work of Rafiki. Um, first of all, it, it represents a lot of things, but the fact that we're having a prayer gathering shows that the work at Rafiki desires to honor God, to look to God for its needs. Um, Rafiki, it, it also represents a school. Let me, let me start again. So in the morning, every morning that school's in session, the staff and the students start with prayer and Bible study. And it was my privilege there during school, school days to teach and lead staff devotions. And Sarah led and taught teacher training in their Bible study. So again, this picture kind of represents Rafiki's focus and reliance on, on the Bible. It shows the school, and we strive to honor God through excellence, and the Rafiki school is one of the top performing schools in that area, which is really something considering some of the difficult circumstances that a lot of these kids come from. Rafiki Foundation has written its own Christian curriculum, and all the subjects are taught with an emphasis and proactively looking at a worldview, biblical worldview integration. We desire to develop kids spiritually, academically, and physically. So you can see, oops. In the picture, not only students at a prayer, but at a prayer gathering, but you can see some uh, basketball hoops, sports floor. Uh, one of the things that we do 
at the Rafiki School is um, promote athletics, and it's kind of a privilege and a joy to help develop some of the athletic programs there. We have, in fact, uh, currently there's a girl on the national basketball team from Rafiki, one of the Rafiki residents, who's going to travel to Egypt to play internationally. We have kids who have played tennis in Ethiopia and in Uganda and Kenya. Um, we've got um, our girls' soccer team was second in the nation. So um, it's been fun to watch the sports programs and be a, have a hand in helping develop it. But also you see a stage here. And the Rafiki School also promotes visual and musical arts. And we also, in high school, really try to emphasize the kids learning to communicate the things that they've learned. Because you can learn all kinds of things, but if you can't communicate it, then what value is it? So um, rhetoric skills are emphasized in our school, which could be represented by this by this stage. But all of this that we do through education is to develop godly contributors for the nation of Tanzania and for the world. Now some of the groups that are represented that we work with, of course you can see that there's preschoolers, grade schoolers, high schoolers, but there's also teachers that are being trained here. There's a Rafiki staff. And within the student body there is, of course, 60 of the resident children that live at Rafiki who are double orphan children are represented. Also there is uh, fully sponsored poor children from the community and there's also day paying students. So we do take kids who are coming from middle class families who can pay fees um, although their fees are subsidized by the Rafiki Foundation to make them more affordable. And of course um, our teacher trainees are represented here, and that's a program that Sarah was quite involved in. And it's a, a program, and Rafiki has written a curriculum for teacher training. And in our case in Tanzania, these are qualified teachers who have already graduated from university or teachers training colleges. And they observe in the classroom in the morning or do practical teaching, practice teaching in the morning, and then they do their studies in the afternoon. This picture also represents multiplication, and um, things are multiplied in many ways. When we arrived in Tanzania in 2010, there was 19 resident children who were in preschool or kindergarten. Today, the school has over 350 children in it, and uh, many things have multiplied over the years to God's glory. Um, Also, Rafiki desires to multiply their work. They've developed their own uh, Bible study, 11-year Bible study, which, of course, is the Bible study that I taught through and Sarah taught through and the whole village goes through day by day. But that Bible study is available for other Christian schools in Africa to use in their schools. And also the Rafiki Christian curriculum is also available for Christian schools in the country as a means of multiplying the work. And of course, I think that the true and powerful multiplication that's at work is 
you know, we worked into the staff, the staff works into the children, and the children's lives will impact generations, this generation and generations to come. And that's an exciting and compelling part of multiplication. Now, this next slide represents staff. And, um, you know, if you ask me what I enjoyed most, it was really working with staff. And I can't point out all of these guys, but this is Godwin, and he was a grounds worker when I arrived there in 2010, and now he's in charge of facilities. This picture also represents the need, you know, in Africa that's really, you can't go to town and to Walmart and buy a basketball hoop like this. So in this case, this basketball, this, the, the hoop itself was imported, but everything else you saw here has, was built pretty much by this guy. And there's lots of things that have to be built. And Richard, who's back here, is our cement guy. So he was the one who, with a cement mixer, poured this sports court and did many of the buildings. And um, now, Masuki, who's our craftsman, um, I don't have a picture of him, but school furniture. If you have a school, you have to have furniture, bookcases, desks, chairs. So you locally source it, you can't see it, but up here is local wood that's that being dried. Uh, building the furniture for school. And this picture, of course, uh, I'm gonna stop on this one for a minute. It, again, it was, a, it was really one of my primary joys to work with staff. And um, I can point out things in this picture that first needed to be built. For instance, the building itself. So Richard, who I pointed out, built the foundation, did the block work, did the plastering work. Masuki built the door frames and the doors and the window frames and the bookcases. Godwin welded the, oops. Godwin welded the steel frames for the biology tables. Richard cast the top. And, of course, Sarah really worked hard in lives and trained many of these teachers that you see here that are doing, that are day-to-day -day building into the lives of the children in our school. So the next picture, which I should point out, is, is um, this guy here is... Bishop Show and Rafiki Foundation in Tanzania is partnered with the Evangelical Lutheran Church. And in fact, the 50 acre campus that we are on is owned by the Evangelical Lutheran Church. It was a real joy to work with the church leadership there in Tanzania. Uh, this guy is the head of the Evangelical Lutheran Church for All of Tanzania, which is a approximately 9 million people. So that's a pretty big church. And, um, but really a great leadership, um, real joy to work with these guys. I, I feel like in our case and in many cases, missions work is important just to connect the churches from one country to another. And um, I could spend some time talking about the work 
that the church is doing, but it's out of the scope of this talk. And um, but let me encourage you that the church is alive and well in Tanzania. Now, <clears throat> I do before I hand things over to Sarah for her part. I do want to talk about some of my favorite things. Um, you, of course, do your mission work, and you uh, have still have a private life. And our, we attended the um, St. Margaret's Anglican Church, which was a which was like it was a beautiful experience. Our church there for us. Um, on any given Sunday, there might be represented. 10 different countries, so it was made of Tanzanians, Australians, Europeans, Americans, and it was a, it, God really blessed us in our church there, and it was interesting because people didn't have the position or the time to squabble over insignificant details. We came together for worship, and we really enjoyed, and were blessed by our worship. Um, one of the highlights was Audrey's baptism. So she, we were at a retreat center through our church at the top of Kilimanjaro, up high in Kilimanjaro. And this is the mountain stream that Audrey was baptized in, our friend Emmanuel there. Pastor Jason. And a cold little Audrey. So even though we're only four, three or four degrees off the equator, there's places in Tanzania it's very cold. And in fact, we were able, to, the girls and I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro, and you can see the snow up there. And then Audrey and I climbed, I'm sorry, that was Mount Meru, this is Mount Kilimanjaro. This is on the way up in a blizzard and at the top. This is Lydia facing down a bull elephant on a safari, able to do many safaris. Um, I did want to point out this check. I always enjoyed writing checks. It's not American currency, it's the Tanzanian shillings. I don't know if you can read this, but it says, <clears throat> cash, 10 million shillings only. And this check also represents <clears throat> the giving that um, all of you have done, either through orphan sponsorship or supporting Rafiki directly or even supporting us as missionaries. All of the fruit that God has done in Tanzania can't help uh, or <clears throat> can't happen without the financial support of people and churches like Valley Brook and Grace. And we are very, very thankful for uh, the years of prayerful and financial support that were given. Um, but, you know, beyond a, th a thanks, I, I really want you to understand this as the fruit that you see or the fruit that's happening every day in that school and fruit happens every day in that school and it's significant in that place. Um, you're partners in that. You know, we were privileged to go but you are partners in that through your financial giving. Thank you. And uh, <clears throat> I have a love-hate relationship with this place. This is my office. And in, the, in, in, in 2022, you know, this is, uh, this is how we do missions. We have computers, accursed printers, cups of coffee, and of course, our Bible, which is <clears throat> timeless. I am, 
going to miss this place. Some of the hardest times in my life were spent there, and some of the greatest blessings were experienced there. And I think thankful for God for the strength to endure and the blessings I received. Now, <clears throat> this is shortly after we arrived, and this is, of course, Lydia and Audrey and some of the resident kids who were in, in uh, kindergarten or preschool at that time. And Sarah had a prayer, which I didn't even know about till later, but she had a prayer when we left that, you know, that she'd be able to see some of the first kids uh, graduate from high school when, before we left. And this next picture is in December, which was our first graduation. So we're very thankful for God for answering that prayer. Sarah? Is it? Oh, it is on. Look at that. All right. Well, good morning, everybody. Um, all right. Thank you. So as Pastor Brian alluded, yeah, the idea of trying to come up and talk for 30 minutes, or for me, I think it's going to be about seven minutes, <laughs> um, uh, about 12 years of your life, is it's really quite a challenge. But it was a really good exercise for me this um, this past couple of weeks, thinking it through, and, and I thought, how do I even begin? And so my first thought really was about scriptures. Is there a scripture particularly that stands out to me? Um, as Phil mentioned, you know, Bible study really was just the overarching element of our work with Rafiki every day, every day, either leading the Bible yourself or taking part in devotions and um, so part of our Bible study lesson every week, we had a lesson with scriptures and memory verse and doctrine and catechism. And so um, it, we used the Westminster Shorter Catechism. And it's funny that it's called Shorter because it's pretty long. And um, so one of, the, one of the questions, there's like two of them that go together that I just always thought about was one question is, how does God execute his decrees? Any Presbyterians? Anybody? Do you know? How does God execute his decrees? <laughs> that is so true. Uh, he executes his decrees through the works of creation and providence, okay? And, and so it talks a little about creation and then what is providence? What is providence? We, we talk about it, but what, how would you define it? Um, so the Westminster Assembly defined it as God's holy, wise, and powerful preserving and governing of all his creatures and all their actions. And I love this. You know, it, it doesn't talk about him executing his decrees and miracles. And I believe in miracles. He certainly has done many miracles. However, um, usually God fulfills his purpose through ordinary things, things that we don't even see happening, how he governs his creatures and their actions. So, um, bringing that to a particular scripture. In 2021, we, the whole village, we studied the book of Genesis together. And oh, what a great foundational work. And so I was um, leading Bible study in the teacher training program. And so we got to the story of Abraham being told to sacrifice Isaac. And, you know, it's interesting. In Hebrews, so in the New Testament, it tells us what Abraham was thinking. Okay, he had the faith to go ahead and take Isaac and take the knife and all of that. But what was he thinking was going to happen? Anybody? 
that he was going to be raised from the dead, right? So Abraham kind of had in mind a miracle that he was going to have to kill him, but God would raise him from the dead. But is that what happened? No, right? And of course, okay, it, it was a miracle. I mean, God sent an angel to say, stop. <laughs> but he provided this ram stuck in a bush, you know, there to be the, su the substitute. God was governing that creature's actions to bring him right there at that time. And, uh, and so our memory verse that week was, uh, so Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord, it will be provided, Genesis twenty two fourteen. And this was a saying for us in this teacher training program. It's called the RICE program. My colleagues, Mr. Andrew and Mr. Patrick, all of our teacher trainees, we all went through a lot in 2021, right? 2021, hard year, okay, for us over there too. Um, and boy, this idea of on the mount of the Lord, it will be provided. It was a saying to the Hebrews in the time that Genesis was written, and it was a saying for us in Tanzania in 2021. So I just wanted to kind of look at some, uh, at some different um, examples of God's providence. And I think part of it is just Tanzanian culture. Tanzanians are not people who are waiting around for perfect conditions and everything to work out just right before they start something. Tanzanians see something that needs to be done and they see what few resources maybe they have and they start doing it and they build as they go. And, um, and they see God's provision in that. This is not our school. This is another school. You saw Phil's pictures of buildings and chairs and I mean just all the wonderful things that God provided for us. But here's another little school. And so we've got a tarp. We've got some kids with no shoes on. We've got a teacher here with a chalkboard. Um, but there she is. She's teaching these kids their letters and their sounds and their learning, just like in your kindergarten class. Um, they're making it happen. And, you know, and look at this. She even had a couple of bonus students, okay? So our, they might have been there just looking at the foreigners. But anyway, I just love that about Tanzania, and it made it a dynamic place to work. Uh, you know, it's good to plan. It's good to have your resources in order. It's so good to, like, really make things um, orderly and organized. But sometimes you just have to strap a couple hundred eggs to the back of your motorcycle and go. Okay? <laughs> so that's, this is just one of my favorite pictures. I love this, that can-do spirit. I'm going to get these eggs delivered. So, uh -huh. okay. So another one, thinking about how God uses just normal people. You know, sometimes when people talk about orphans, I think they kind of make them into these angels or they're all these extraordinary people. But, you know, really, they're just normal. They're normal kids. They're normal. And this is one that I just wanted to show you. This is Irene. Um, she's one of many Irenes. So this is Irene Quaker. This was Irene in kindergarten. And this is Irene. Uh, when Audrey graduated from high school, and she's grown up so much. She's actually the one who uh, got to go play uh, basketball internationally recently. And, you know, God's going to use her. She has a big personality. She's not an extraordinarily good student, and she's not an extraordinarily virtuous person necessarily, um, but she is an image bearer of God, and because of the work of Rafiki and all these teachers and all of these Rafiki mothers, and the, you know, it takes a village, um, God is ready to provide for Tanzania through people like Irene.
Um, I, I kind of wanted to just mention sometimes things that happen on the mission field are hard, you know, and, and in our lives they're just hard. And, and I think you all probably have experiences where something happens in your life and you can't believe it's this terrible loss or this thing that feels like such a tragedy. And you can't imagine why and your whole being just says, no. Anybody felt that way? And then later you see, like you see that God had a plan in it, and it was a good plan. And so this is, this is Kelvin, little Kelvin Suya. We had two Kelvins, so he's Kelvin Suya. And he's actually smiling here. This is just a big, big smile. He's not growling or whatever. He, he was such a darling. Everybody loved him so much. He was so cute, and he was so sweet, and he had so many darling ways. And he also had an uncle who showed up and you know hadn't known exactly where he was. And his uncle came to the village and said, I, I want to take him to live with my family. And at first, I just was like, no, we can't lose Calvin, you know? And, um, but we, we really didn't have a choice, and it was really good. It was really good for Calvin to go and be with his family and be provided for, and it was a very wonderful place that he went to, um, though at the time it was hard, but it was not bad. And one of the good things that came out of it is that a space opened up at Rafiki, and so Innocent got to come, and Innocent was in a really difficult situation, and he didn't have a safe place and a healthy place to live. And so, you know, in God's providence, he gave one child a good life by getting him out of Rafiki, and he gave another child a good life by bringing him in. Um, and that was just a lesson that I will never forget. So the thing is, yeah, as Phil said, it's not just about the kids. The kids are what really drew us and, and, and caught our attention and made us want to go to Rafiki. And I mean, look at them. They're so cute. <laughs> this is Blessing. Some of you might know her story a little bit. Ask me about it later. I don't have time right now. Um, but it's just, it's not only about the kids. Um, especially in the last five years or so, I mostly worked with adults. Phil mentored adults almost the entire time that we were there, really. Um, but, you know, working with kids is easier. If you work with kids, who's the boss? Whose word goes? It's really easy. When you work with kids, you know, it's very clear who the authority is, and it's going to be my way or the highway, you know? And when you work with adults, it's not like that. When you work with adults, you need to listen, and you need to be ready for a different perspective, especially when you're the foreigner who doesn't know the culture and doesn't know the way things work. Um, and so working with adults, though it's, it's harder and it takes, you know, it takes a lot more humility. I, I really do believe that God had such a good purpose in bringing us to the point of being much more people who worked with adult staff and letting adult staff work with the children. Um, and so this is, this is a, Emmanuel. I'm glad you talked about Godwin a little bit because Emmanuel was another groundskeeper when we first started at Rafiki. And he and Phil had such a great relationship. And um, right now, Emmanuel is the, the assistant village administrator. And he's a person of some responsibility. You know, he was a groundskeeper then. Now, you know, he has a college degree. He's married. He has a little girl who goes to Rafiki school. She's in the pre-primary school. And he built a house recently. And during school holidays, he opens the house up for resident children to come and stay with his wife and him at their house. And it's just such a joy. It's such a joy to see that happening. 
Miss Beatrice is another of the adult staff who is such an example of God's providence. Um, this, this again is Blessing here, um, who I had another picture of before. And you know, when Blessing first came to us, she had severe acute malnutrition, and we needed a mama who would take care of her, just just her by herself. And Miss Beatrice was a new, newly hired Rafiki mother, and she didn't have a cottage yet. She didn't have any kids yet, and so. What, what's the thing to do? You, you, you put little blessing with Miss Beatrice. Perfect, right? Um, and Miss Beatrice went with us to the hospital, and she did all those things that she could. But she came to me after some of these early meetings and said, I can't do it. I can't take care of her. Like, I can't. And I said, you, you can't take care of one little baby? <laughs> she can't even walk. You can't take care of her? And she said, I can't. And I think just emotionally, I think she just wasn't sure. And that, that instance of Beatrice just coming to me and telling me honestly that she was not going to be able to do something, it really established such a pattern with her. And I think she became one of our most trusted um, national staff because she was really willing to tell us the hard truth uh, many times. And she was so valuable to us. And so she started as a Rafiki mother, but you can see her here now. She's the child care administrator and social worker at, uh, at Rafiki. Um, so the, the final one, really, that I want to talk about is teacher training. So in, uh, t in 2018, I was filling in as the headmistress of the school. And it was, it was a job I did not want. It was very stressful for me. Uh, and, and God provided, he provided someone to come, a trained school administrator to come and take my place. And, and they, we all thought she was supposed to go to Rafiki, Malawi. But I was like, no, Lord, she's got to come here and take over my job, you know. And she did, and she did, and it was wonderful. But God provided a substitute for me in that program and then put me into the teacher training program, which was, for me, even kind of more of a challenge. But it ended up being such a blessing. I just want to show you. So these are two of the teacher trainees, Pascal and Charles, with some of their artwork that they did. I got to teach them art. I got to teach them formal logic, um, which was pretty fun. I learned as I went <laughs> with that one. Um, and you know, currently, uh, Pascal is the athletic director, and Mr. Charles is a, a grade level two teacher and an art uh, teacher at Rafiki School. So it's so exciting to see that they're still doing the work, even though we're here so far away. God provided. And then this is Madam Leah. And Madam Leah was one of the very first teacher trainees in the program. So I wasn't even part of the program when she started. But I, did, I have had a lot of chances to do periodic training with her. And she's just a marvelous person. But the, 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 blood, the blood donation thing um, is quite a story. In 2018, when I was being the headmistress of the school, her adolescent son, Jefferson, was diagnosed with leukemia. And at one point, he had to have a blood transfusion. And in order to get a blood transfusion um, there, you have to get a certain number of your friends and family to give blood to kind of make up for it. And so even though our teachers and staff, I think all but one of them, had never given blood before, 
um, we ha had enough people to do a blood drive at the school. And I think, I don't know, we had like 22 units of blood or something like that at the end of it, and it was wonderful. And sadly, um, Jefferson passed away. And it was a really horrible experience for us and, and for Leah. But Leah continued, and she has continued to be such a wonderful member of our staff, such a wonderful teacher. And um, God has provided for so many new teachers through Leah because she is experienced and is ready to advocate for them and help them get the materials that they need and help them know what to do. And so in January, just of this year, we had another teacher who was very, very ill and he needed a blood transfusion. And so we had another blood drive and this is Madame Leah giving, giving in that blood drive. So Finally, I have my obligatory mountain shot, and uh, and this is so. This is Phil and me, just like moments before we were going to get in the car to go to the airport in February of this year to leave Tanzania. And this is Frank, and like Phil said, it really was my dream early on when I was there, just that I would get to see those oldest kids, those first ones, like launch. And so here's Frank. He's such a friendly guy. You can see he's a handsome guy. Uh, he's like the mayor of Rafiki, you know, <laughs> and he, uh, he, he came and spent a lot of time with us in our last few days. And uh, I, I get emails from him from time to time. Uh, but he's, you know, he's getting ready to start wildlife college uh, very soon. And so what a blessing. What a blessing to see how God has taking care of all of our needs and the needs of our these kids and the needs of our staff in all of this time and I think that living at the foot of Kilimanjaro I think it, it, it makes it very natural to start to connect any Bible verse about a mountain you like you think of Kilimanjaro right away like it's just I don't know something about it and so you know I know that in the Bible they're not talking about the mountain of the Lord being Kilimanjaro but this is my father's world, so that mountain is his too. And so, yeah, I'm just happy to be able to say that at the foot of the Mount of the Lord, it has been provided. So, thank you.